Hi, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, now where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you can find the podcast on uh, Spotify or anywhere else you can get your podcast on audio. You can also find it on iTunes and Google Podcasts and other podcasts such as Stitcher and iHeartRadio. Uh, if you'd like to see the video portion of the podcast, you can go on YouTube. Uh, just look up when the scriptures become real and we are there as well. Uh, just look up my name on Facebook, Jordan Pugh, and then everything will be linked there as well. And I'll add you as a friend there. Um, and then also you can look it up on Instagram and I will be there as well. Uh, again, for this podcast, uh, we want to talk about the topic, Compassion 101. Compassion 101. Um, uh, you know, we see a lot of things happening in our world today. And, uh, you know, we see one group, you know, try to prove one side, another group try to prove one side, another group try to prove one side. Um, uh, but I think one thing, especially in the brotherhood, um, that we lack uh, is we lack compassion. And uh, I named this Compassion 101 for a reason, uh, just because if you're reminded of your college days, you know, if you ever went to college, you always had to start off in a 101 class, right? You had to get the basics, you know, whether it was English or math or whatever it was, you had to start in 101. And so what I want to do is open up the scripture and we'll kind of enroll in a, uh, in a compassion one-on-one course. And so hopefully after we get done studying this together, I will be better um, at being compassionate and I hope that you will strive uh, to get better too. And so here's, I think the question that we must ask first is why must Christians have compassion? Like why, why is it that we need it? Um, the biggest reason uh, that I came up with is why we need compassion is because God is compassion. You know, I'm reminded of, you know, we quote first Corinthians 13 so many times, you know, talking about, uh, God is love, which he is. God is agape, right? God is love. Um, but God is compassion too. That's just who he is. That's who his, his mannerism, uh, that's his attitude. That's how he deals with us. That's how he dealt with his forefathers. That's how he continues to deal with the world because of compassion. And so the Lord shows it. And so since the Lord shows it, how come I can't, how come you can't now? I think we need to, we need to define these words. And again, you know, we need to be, uh, as Christians, we need to be lovers of words because words mean a lot of things. And so to define words and to understand what they mean will help us so much once we, uh, once we get into scripture. And so the word compassion is, especially in the scripture, uh, compassion in the Greek literally is the uh, definition of commiserate, which commiserate is defined as to express or to feel empathy or to pity or to sympathize. Right. So look at this. Open up your Bibles. Let's go to uh, Psalm chapter 86. Uh, Psalm chapter 86 and look at verse 15. And again, if you're new to the podcast, um, we ask that you open up your Bibles with us. You know, this is not, you know, Jordan's opinion. You know, this is not Jordan hour. Uh, this is something where we open up the Bible together. We discuss it and we try to pull out uh, of the text uh, what the Lord wants us to understand. All right. So Psalm chapter uh, 86. And look at verse uh, number 15. Look at what our text says here. 
It says, but thou, O Lord, again, this is a prayer of David. It says, but thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious and long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and in truth. So notice how, how David describes God's character. Remember, in our introduction, we defined uh, who God was. He is love, according to 1 Corinthians 13, but he is compassion too. That's his embodiment, right? He is compassion. And so what does David say here in Psalm 86, 15? That you are full of compassion. Notice this. Go to uh, Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3, um, uh, verse number 22. Again, and this is a book that we don't study as much. But this is such a wonderful book uh, of Jeremiah lamenting here. Uh, Lamentations chapter 3 and verse number 22. Notice what Jeremiah says. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. You ever think about, I was just talking about that with Gerald the other day, my brother. Um, we kind of, you know, obviously we see the news. We, you know, you all see the news and, uh, you know, Gerald and I were talking and we said, you know, don't you think the Lord has had enough? Right. Just, just looking at how the country divides itself how the church divides itself over the same things the country divides itself over. You know, we divide ourselves. And sometimes Joe and I, we're like, well, how come, why, why can the Lord just continue to keep looking at this and taking this, you know, day after day after day. And I'm reminded of what, what Jeremiah says here in verse 22, Jeremiah says, it is because of the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed. You know, you think about the mercy of God. It could take so much, but, you know, look at all the things that, that we fight over, that we divide over, that we argue uh, with one another, one another over, but we're not consumed because of God's mercy. And then he continues by saying, because his compassions fall not, you know, and this is such a great thing. If the Lord as evil as his world is, continues to shine the sun on us every single day, continues to, to sustain us. And when I mean us, I mean everybody, the entire world. He sustains us. Why is it that the first time something happens or, you know, something goes wrong or somebody says something, then I try to find a reason to divide or I try to find a reason not to show mercy or not to show compassion? You know, I think we need to go back and really understand our father's character, because if we don't understand his character, then we're not going to be that we're going to do what we want to do still. And so this is why we want to discuss compassion one-on-one. -on -one. And so here's the thing about compassion. Compassion always causes you to act, right? It always causes you to do something. And so here are the three steps to compassion. All right. Three steps to compassion. Number one, the first step in, in order to have compassion is you have to have the ability, just like God does, according to, to Psalms and according to Lamentations, you must have the ability to feel or to sympathize without any selfish ulterior motive. So essentially, you got to have a heart. You have to be able to see someone's pain, whether you went through it or not, whether you understand it or not whether that's something that is prevalent to you or not, you must have the ability 
to feel or to sympathize. Now, this is what I see. This is what happens a lot. I think a lot of Christians have the ability to sympathize, but then they're so quick to say, well, if you wouldn't have done this and you wouldn't, you wouldn't need my sympathy. Or if you would just listen to me, then you wouldn't have to. You see, the thing about compassion is have compassion without a motive or have compassion without necessarily having to correct their right on the spot. You must have the ability to feel or to sympathize without any ulterior motive. That's the first step in order to have compassion. Then number two, not only do you have to have the ability to feel or to sympathize, but number two, you have to be able to acknowledge or to recognize the need of that person or the need of that group or the need of that brother or that sister without necessarily being told what that need is, right? Well, well, what are you talking about? You know, this is, this is one of the toughest things to do is to realize that someone has a need without them telling you that they have a need. You know, I'm, you know, obviously I'm reminded of, uh, you know, during our time at the school of preaching, we went, we went to a lot of funerals, right? And then also, you know, getting out of school, you go to, go to funerals. A lot of times those brethren that go through those things don't necessarily need anything, but you have to be able to recognize that all they might need is just your support or your presence or your prayers rather than uh, they need this or they need that or they need that. Sometimes they just need you, right? Other times I might need other things, but you have to have the ability to recognize a need without being told what that need is. Then number three, you must have the ability to act. See, a lot of people stick with one and two. A lot of people have the ability to sympathize. Some people can recognize a need, but then they don't act on it. Then that's not really compassion. Those are steps leading to it, but that's not compassion. Look at the, here's an, here's an example. Uh, and just a preface here, guys, this will help us tremendously, right? With our brethren, but guys specifically just dudes, this will help us when it comes to dealing with our wives, not de- I don't want to say that with uh, being sympathetic with our wives and, and even with, the women in our lives, our mothers, our, our sisters, you know, it, it helps us to, to uh, understand where they're coming from. And so I'm going to preface this example by this book here. If you're watching on YouTube, I've got it shown here. It's called For Men Only. For Men Only. It's a, it's a great book uh, to really understand how to listen um, and how to have compassion, right? For Men Only. Um, it's by uh, Jeff Feldham, F-E-L-D-H-A-H-N, J-E-F-F-F-E-L-D-H-A-H-N, right? It's called For Men Only. And in this book, he gives this example about compassion. Now, remember, what are the three steps to compassion? You must have the ability to feel or to empathize. You must be able to acknowledge or to recognize the need without being told the need. And you must have the ability to act. So here's an example. He says there's, there's a couple, right? And they're at, they're at dinner with another couple at their house. And so the kids are in the living room and the two couples are in the, in the kitchen or, or in the dining room eating dinner. And so the kids are in the living room, but the fireplace is in the living room. Now, if you've seen a, a fireplace in someone's living room, 
most times they have that little gate that'll slide across so that nothing will come out and, and so that the kids or anyone else won't be able to go in, right? And so the wife of the husband of those kids at the dinner table asked the husband, hey, can you go shut the, uh, the fireplace door? Now, mind you, the fire's not on. There's, there's no fire whatsoever. But she asked the husband, can you close the fireplace door? And then the husband looks at her real quick and rashly answers, uh, why are you asking me to shut the fireplace door? There's no fire. It, it's hazardous free. So why, why are you telling me uh, to shut the door? Right. But then the husband gets the wife angry because the wife feels like the husband's not listening. So my question is, who was right in the situation? Was the wife right by saying, can you shut the fireplace door? Or was the husband right by saying there's no fire and you shouldn't worry about it? Who's right? See, here's the mini lesson here. Compassion, and this is something that I think my brethren don't understand. Compassion is not about you being right. Compassion is not about me being right. Now, in this example, was the husband correct? Was he factually and statistically correct? 100%. Was the fireplace on? Nope. Was it hazardous free? Does it say on the label? Yes. So was he factually correct? 100%. But what view did the husband not see? He didn't see the wife's view. You see, the husband, even though he was factually and statistically correct, the husband lacked the ability to really hear what his wife was saying. Was his wife really worried about the fireplace gate? What was his wife worried about? I don't want anything in the living room to be a threat to the kids. It wasn't about the fireplace. It was about the kids. And so the wife knows she understands the fireplace is not on. So she gets that. But what does she want from the husband? She wants total reassurance that while she's not in the room, that the kids are okay. But what's the, what's the husband worried about? Well, I'm right and you're wrong. The fireplace, the fireplace can statistically and factually not hurt anybody because it's not on. See, what did the husband lack? He lacked compassion. Now, let me talk to you, brethren, for a second. Can you throw out stats and can you throw out facts on any post on Facebook and be factually correct about something? 100%. So this is what I see. This is what happens. An event happens. Something bad happens. One group wants sympathy. The other group throws out facts and posts and small video snippets of news stories or whatever on Facebook. And instead of being compassionate and, and understanding of your brethren, you throw out facts. Are those facts probably right? They probably are. But what are you lacking that the husband lacked in this story? You're lacking empathy and you're not listening. You see, you're just trying to prove your point of why you're right and why those brethren shouldn't feel that way. Hmm. So what if you did that in your marriage? Would that work? You see, the thing about compassion is not about you being right. It's not about me being right. It's about showing empathy and compassion to our brethren. Why can't we do that? Why is that so hard, brethren? 
You know why? Because it's easier to correct somebody or try to. It's easier to put up a post, well, 16%, and this is why you shouldn't feel this way. It's so easy to do that. And what if the 16% is 100% correct? That's fine. But even if that's correct, how come you're dismissing feelings of, other, of another group? What are you lacking, Christian? Compassion. What did this husband lack? Was the husband correct? Yep. But what did he lack? I'm not listening. I'm not listening to what my wife really wants. I'm just trying to dismiss her real quick. See, we got to stop. And that's why <clears throat> having the ability uh, to sit in these meetings with, with dad and, and, and these marriage counseling, that's why so many Christian marriages are jacked up. Because so many husbands are just like this. They're trying to be so factual about stuff, and they might be right. But guess what the husbands don't do to their wives? They don't really listen to what she wants. They're not trying to really listen to the bigger message that she's trying to relay to him. And sometimes it's vice versa as well. So what are we lacking, Christians? We're lacking compassion. We're lacking that. And so you can be factually right when it comes to a demographic when it comes to police brutality, when it comes to this, when it comes to division, when it comes to this, when it comes to that, any subject you want to put in this giant pot, you can be factually, statistically 100% correct. But the husband in this account, even though factually he was correct, what did he still lack? Empathy. The husband wasn't actively listening, and the husband was dismissive. So, brethren, guess what we can be, even though we're factually and statistically correct? We can lack compassion. We can be dismissive, and we're not actively listening to our brethren. And see, there's some brethren out there that no matter what you say, no matter what you do, they're always going to, they're always going to come back and not, they don't actively listen. They say, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Oh, well, I never felt that way. So we got to show compassion. We have to be able to have the ability to show that. Well, what's an example? Go to Matthew chapter 15, Matthew chapter 15 and look at verse number 32 and we'll break this one verse down here. Matthew 15, uh, 32. Now remember, what are the three steps, according to what we're saying here, what is the three-step process of compassion? Having the ability to sympathize um, without motive, being able to acknowledge or recognize the need of someone else in need without them telling you, and three, the ability to act on that. Now, let's see who's our example here. Jesus is our example. Now, watch how he follows his pattern. Just watch, watch this, brethren. Let's break it down. Matthew 15, uh, look at verse, uh, da, 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 verse 32. I said 35. Matthew 15, 32. Now watch what this verse says. Then Jesus called the disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat and I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. So remember, what does compassion do? Compassion considers the welfare of someone else. So let's see how Jesus followed these steps. Number one, you must have the ability to feel or to sympathize 
with a person or a group. Look at what Jesus did. I have compassion on the multitude. Here's Jesus feeling here. Look how specific it is. Why do I have compassion? Because they continue with me for three days. So guess what Jesus understood? These brethren are away from their, these people are away from their homes. They're away from what they came from and they followed me for three days. So therefore they must be hungry. So what did Jesus have? Jesus had the ability to feel for those people that followed him for three days. Then number two, Jesus acknowledged that. Then number two, Jesus, uh, that led Jesus to feed them. So notice the action. Notice Jesus was able to acknowledge the need because they continue with me for three days and have nothing to eat. What am I going to do now? I'm going to recognize the need of these people. I will not send them away fasting. So Jesus could have easily said, look, y'all been following me for three days. Y'all just get out of here. What was he able to do? Recognize the need. He was able to sympathize, number one. Then he recognized what these people needed. They need food. Let's feed them. Then number three, what did Jesus do? Did Jesus just stop? Well, these people do look pretty hungry. Well, I wish they had some food. I hope you guys are warm and filled. What did he do? Notice, lest they faint in the way. And then verse 33, and the disciples said unto him, which are, or whence should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to fill a great multitude? And Jesus said unto them, how many loaves have ye? And they said, seven and a little fishes. And he commanded the multitude to sit down. And he took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks and break them and gave to his disciples. And his disciples gave to the multitude. And they all did eat and were filled. And they took up the broken meat that was left seven baskets full. And so what, what did Jesus do? Did Jesus just look at the problem and say, oh, that's, that's, so, that's so sad. Oh, well, I hope somebody's able to help. What did Jesus do? He had sympathy. He recognized the need. And then he did something about it. What is compassion? Remember, we're talking about compassion one-on-one now. What is it? The ability to feel or to empathize with your brethren. The ability to acknowledge the need of them without necessarily having them to tell you that need. And then three, the ability to act. And so compassion, number two, not only compassion causes you to act, but compassion also looks at things from another person's point of view. Well, what, what do I mean by that? Look at this. Here's an example. And I heard this from a preacher a long time ago, and I never forgot it. <clears throat> There's a, there was a man who owned a, a, a fish store at the dock. And every morning, the man went out and he fished uh, for fresh fish daily, right? So he would get the fish. Um, you know, he'd go to the store. He'd do everything he can to the fish. And then he put a, a fresh sign. And then he'd lay the fish on a brown paper bag. And it said fresh fish. And so a woman walks in the door and a woman said, Hey, I'm looking for fish. And the man said, it's over there in the corner. So the woman goes over and looks at the fish and the woman says, are you sure that this is fresh? And the man said, yeah, I just, you know, I just caught that this morning. And the woman says, well, it, it doesn't look fresh because you put it on brown paper bags. So I don't think it's fresh because it doesn't look fresh. And so they sat in the store 
and they both argued back and forth of the reasons why they were right about the fish. And so the man argues and said, well, I just caught it this morning. And the woman argues and said, well, it doesn't look like you did because why would you put just fresh fish on a, on a brown paper bag? Now, what did this interaction lack? The woman, what did she strictly look at? She looked at the presentation of the fish. What did the man do? The man went strictly off facts. Was the man correct? Yeah, the man literally went out that morning and caught the fish, and it literally was fresh. But was the woman correct because it didn't look fresh? She was right, too. So what did each side not do? The woman didn't look at what that man's hard work, what he really did. What did the man not look at? The man didn't look at how he presented what was supposed to be fresh. You see, instead of looking at each other's views, what were the woman and the man in that store doing? They were fighting over who's right. You see, this is where we are, brethren. And, and I'm not saying this just to say it. Brethren show by the fruits of their posts. They show. They're, they're, we, each side, whatever side you're on, is trying to prove why I'm right. And here's the stats and stories and videos of why I'm right. Then here's this side. Well, here's the evidence, the stats, and the facts of why I'm right. So then each person and each brother, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, is spitting out facts. Other side is spitting out experiences and facts. And then each side is both lacking something. They both lack compassion, and they both lack listening. See, compassion is not about who's right, brethren. That's not what compassion's about. Compassion is this, and this is, and especially this is hard for guys, but for everyone in the brotherhood, compassion is not about who's right. Compassion is who's strong enough and smart enough and have the ability to listen to show more empathy and listen rather than spit facts. Are you strong enough to do that? Are you strong enough to go to a conversation with someone, listen to what they have to say, and then go off and meditate about it? Why is it that when we have a conversation about something that it has to turn into a debate? Why is it that when we have a conversation about something, it has to turn into I'm right and you're wrong? Why is it that if, if a brother has a problem, that I can't go to that brother or that family, sit down, listen to their point of view, and meditate and walk off and meditate on it. You see, sometimes we think in some in some cases certain problems have to be solved now. But in some cases, why don't you just listen to what that brother or sister has to say? And just like David says, why don't you sit back and meditate on it? Because that's a lot of information coming in. And so what happens is so many times. When a lot of information comes in, you try to filter that information so quick and you try to rebuttal with an answer. So that entire time, you weren't listening to listen. You were listening to answer. And that's one thing that uh, <laughs> that's one thing that I'm I'm working on as well. And that's one thing that my uh, my mom is trying to help me with so that when 
if the Lord blesses me with a wife, I'll be able to actively listen, to be able to listen to the bigger problem rather than the one that's presented. Remember the fireplace example. The, what was the bigger problem? It wasn't the fireplace that the wife was worried about. What did she want? She wanted one word, reassurance. And what was the husband not giving her? He was spitting facts. You see, guys, for us, things are, things are clear cut. Things are, things are A, things are B, and things are C. Here's the facts for A, here's the experience for B, and here's more facts for C. So if you can't see that A, B, and C is right, then I can't talk to you. That's how we are. We're very rational, guys. But women aren't like that. Women are uh, emotional, they feel, and they want empathy. So what do I look like, even though facts A, B, and C might be right, but I'm spitting facts when they want empathy? You see, and that's not just with, with our female uh, sisters. That's with just brethren in general. Why can't we, why can't we show empathy? Why is it that we always got to show a reason why we're right? Come on now. You see, and this is why so many of these things are going to divide us. If the Lord wills, once this quarantine is over and once we come back together, we're going to see a divide among brethren over some of these things. Why? Because each side is trying to say why I'm right. Brethren, why can't we just be, why can't we be like God and have compassion and listen? Look at this. Look at look at First uh, Peter chapter three, and we'll we'll uh, we'll end with this. First Peter chapter three, um, verse number eight. And if this doesn't this doesn't get it, I don't know what will. First Peter chapter three, verse eight. Now notice what Peter, <clears throat> what Peter talks about of what we should have with one another. It says, finally, be all of one mind, having. What's the next word, brethren? Having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Notice, and, and look how specific. Peter had to get specific because he knew we wouldn't get this. God had to be specific because he knew we wouldn't get it. He didn't just say have compassion. He went deeper than that. He said have compassion, love as brethren. What else? And B, what's the next word? Be pitiful and be courteous. You know what we lack, brethren? We lack being pitiful and straight up courtesy has left the window. Why can't we, why can't we do that? Be courteous, be pitiful, have compassion. You know, and the thing about uh, compassion <clears throat> is I think we lack it because we, uh, we never been in a position where it had to be given to us. And so we don't know what compassion really is. You know, I'm reminded of a, a time where, where I was growing up and from elementary school to high school, I've attended 15 different schools from elementary to high school. And so it seemed like every, every six months uh, there was always a new set of friends. So, you know, I still kind of have this to this day where uh, it, it's tough for me to, to, it's not tough to make friends, but uh, it, it's hard for me to keep them because I'm so used to knowing you for six months and then leaving because that's just how I grew up. And so going through elementary and middle school and high school, you know, I, I always hated lunchtime because lunchtime was, especially when you went somewhere new, 
you, the new kid always sat in the corner. No one knew him. No one knows who you are. And everyone always had, they, you know, they had their click, they have their this and that, and you just sit in the corner. And so I promised myself if I was ever in a position where someone needed compassion, if someone needed a friend, if someone needed someone to go over there just to sit there next to him, I'd be that guy because no one was that for me. And so I promised myself any opportunity I have when someone's sitting over there by themselves, I'll go over there. If someone wants to be included in the group, include them because I know what it's like not to be, not to have that compassion that I wanted so bad. You see, brethren, I think we lack compassion um, simply because we don't know what it feels like not to have it. And so notice what Peter said. Peter said, be pitiful, be courteous. Wouldn't you want compassion if, if something bad happened to you? Wouldn't you want compassion if your family member died? Wouldn't you want compassion if, if something happened? Wouldn't you want that compassion too? So why can't you give that? You see, and, and so many things about facts, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me about why would you throw out facts when it comes to, to certain things? It just doesn't make sense. So if, if I knew that someone's brother passed away this month in 2020, this is hypothetical. If I knew someone's brother passed away in 2020 in this month, and then I pull out a, a stat sheet and I say, well, you know, 16% of all, of all uh, siblings passed away uh, this month too. So you should be fine. Why would I say that? Am I right? Yeah. With stats. But why would I say that? It, it makes no sense. Brethren, have compassion. Have pity. And like, like, like God said through Peter, just be courteous. Why would you do that? Why would you post that? Why would you share that? Be courteous. Where's courtesy at? See, it's a, it's a lost art. And so compassion one-on-one, what is compassion? Compassion is the ability to feel or to sympathize without any self selfish ulterior motive. Compassion is the ability to acknowledge or to recognize the need without being told the need. And then finally, compassion is acting. Let me tell you something, brethren. And this is not me talking as God and you can get mad at me and that's cool. But ultimately you're mad at God. If you don't have this ability to show compassion, you're not being like Christ. You're not. You're trying to prove you're right. And you know what that calls for? Repentance. You got to repent. Because what, what is 1 Peter 3.18? Is, is that a suggestion? That's a command. So why can't, why can't you listen to that? Why can't I listen to that command? Why can't we listen to that? It all comes down to common sense. Let's have compassion, brethren. Let's have compassion towards one another as brethren. I hope that we all can can grow from this as I have. I hope you've grown from this. And I hope that we can continue to learn and to study and to continue to develop and grow our faith in the Lord together. Thanks, guys.